Voices that inspire the extended interview. My name is Andres Felipe Hilarana, and I'm a senior at Florida State University. So, Andres, how did you find your way? You're from, tell me where you're from. Yeah, so I was born and raised in Bogota, Colombia. I lived there my whole life. And I think that once I understood my reality and the situation of the country, I seeked for other opportunities outside. So how did you land on Florida State University? Yeah, well, my way to Florida State University was very intricate. First, I was blessed with my mom's opportunity to have a green card. So that's how I was able to come here in the U.S., not face all of those adversities that many people have to. But at the same time, I was the first here. So although I had everything figured out in the sense of how to be here, I didn't really know what to do when I was here. <laughs> so I, I had to very investigate and seek for mentorship. I landed at Florida State University thanks to my CAP advisor. Her name is Miss Marta Porro. And she told me that FSU had a good program for first-generation students and for the students who had experienced homelessness-like experiences. And that's what brought me to FSU, use that support and seeking for people who cared about me. What is that program called? The Center for Academic Retention and Enhancement. That's a CARE. That's how care. It's, it's a whole department at FSU. So the department is CARE, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I, I, they do really great work. Yeah, I think that Dr. Brown, who is currently the director, does a really good job at understanding a student's needs and supporting them. Because, you know, one thing is to listen to people and to maybe pay attention to what they're asking for, but not necessarily taking action. And, you know, he, he focuses on first building that kind of platform to, to build success with students, and second, build these different programs to support them. So when I came to Florida State University, I came thanks to the Unconquered Scholars Program, which is within CARE that basically focuses on helping students who live with other people who maybe experience homelessness or relative care or foster care. And, you know, Ms. Ms. Lisa, who was at the time the, the director of, of Unconquered Scholars, she told me that here I would have a family, and that's why I came. And here you are a senior, so it worked. Yeah, I can't believe we were talking about that earlier. You know, four years go by so fast when you're busy and when you're trying to figure it out, which is the case for most students, right? You come here with these big dreams and they get narrower and narrower the more you understand who you are and the more you learn about yourself. And, you know, just helping as many students as I can during the process has taught me that there is a, a, an important aspect of being intentional with your time because although at the time I thought that four years would be forever, now I look back and just reflect on all of the things that I did, and I'm like, okay, I, I'm, I'm glad that I spent some time working for other people and you know, just, you know, focused on myself or, like, partying and whatnot, which is the usual college experience, because it's made it so much more meaningful, you know? It's, it's not the average, I go to college just to have fun, and then I graduate for a degree. It's more like, what can, what can you do beyond that? I think that that's incredibly wise advice, being intentional with your time. I do think that so many students come in and think that four years is 400 years, and then it goes by and they like, oh my goodness, I didn't take that class I should have taken, or I didn't join that program I should have joined. 
So where do you think your own wisdom came from? Do you think it came a little bit because your support system was so unique and different? It wasn't the traditional student support system? Most definitely. And I think that everything came from, from one of the things that my mom told me before coming here. She told me that if anyone told me that I couldn't do something, don't listen to them because they were talking from their own you know, limitations and, and fear. So I always took that to heart. And every time I face someone, which we all do, who tells you that you're not worth of something or that you cannot do something or that you're not deserving of anything, I just thought of that. And instead of you know, focusing on the negative, I seek for answers. <laughs> so it's, it's a very interesting question because while I've been here, I've changed majors three times. I applied to FSU as a biochemistry major, then I transferred into the interdisciplinary medical sciences major, and then finally now I'm graduating with a neuroscience major. And, you know, taking that risk, saying, okay, it's okay to change. I'm not the same person as I was when I was, you know, a freshman here. It's okay. And ch <laughs> plans changed so much. I'm just laughing because I had these very, very different dreams that I have now. But thanks to, you know, taking that risk, not being afraid to change and being able to, not able, but being willing to listen to the people who care about you have, you know, propelled me into who I am today, which I'm so grateful for. So we talked a little bit because how I got to know you was through Morgan Evers, who said that you are going to be a spokesperson for LCAN, which is looking at increasing uh, students filling out the FAFSA form, which we know is a critical form for getting financial aid. So how did you get involved in that? Yeah, so my, my process with FAFSA and with the Florida College Access Network was one that I think that goes beyond the opportunity, but the meaning of the opportunity, if that makes sense. As someone who came here and didn't really know anything about the system in the U.S., lacking the understanding of how to fill out a FAFSA or what even a FAFSA was very like limited my opportunities and limited my ability to do things with those opportunities. So, you know, not having anyone tell me, yeah, this is what a tax is. This is what this form is. This is why you cannot do this. <laughs> Made me do so many mistakes. So right now with my fellowship with the Florida College Access Network, I'm working on promoting universal FAFSA completion and also promoting needs-based funding. Because, you know, once you have the money, that doesn't mean that you know how to use it first. And that doesn't mean that life is going to be perfect from, from there and that you're not going to have any more difficulties during college. So first is how can we make sure that more people go to college first? but also how to make sure that they stay there, how to increase that retention. So that's why I'm working on right now, just building an advocacy campaign to advocate for students who have very adverse childhood experiences, who experience homelessness or relative care or foster care. Do they have the same opportunities as others? You know, we usually have these notions that the best students get the best opportunities. But I disagree with that because not all of our, not all students have the same opportunities. For instance, I had to work. I had to do so many things that limited my ability to get involved and to apply for these different opportunities that I sometimes wonder if I could have done more if I had that needs-based funding or if I had more financial support. Absolutely. I mean, you're a one-man band, <laughs> and, and that's tough. So I'm fascinated that you're interested in adverse um, childhood experiences. 
I mean, this is such interesting research that's going on showing that that early stage trauma for children can follow them the rest of their lives. So you hope to do sort of your postgraduate work in this area. Is that is that correct? Yeah. So right now my research thesis is focusing on understanding the prevalence of these adverse childhood experiences in Honduras and how they relate to the high index of violence and substance abuse in the country. So we've seen that here in the U.S. and in Europe, the more adverse childhood experiences someone faces, the more propensed they are to engage in behaviors like violent behaviors, um, abuse substances, and whatnot. However, we don't really understand why that happens in these marginalized communities. So that's what I'm focusing on right now. And I think that it's also important to mention that it encompasses beyond adverse childhood experiences because it's, it's not really just what happens then, but how that affects the rest of your life. And we've seen that here in the U.S., at least, the more people face adverse childhood experiences, the worse chronic conditions they're going to experience during their lives. So it's not just what happens to you when you're, you know, young, but also how that affects the rest of your life and how that makes you more prone to experience these different current conditions. Will you do your graduate work here at, at FSU or are you going to go somewhere else? So unfortunately, FSU doesn't offer the degree that I'm seeking. However, right now with the research that I'm doing is the Global Health Collaboration Project, which is with the, within the College of Medicine. And right now, I'm the, one of the managers for the mental health team. So I'm going to continue my involvement with them, especially with Honduras, because my, my other part of the team is there. And they remind me so much of where I come from, you know. I wish someone with the resources had come to Colombia when I was a kid and told me that things were going to be better. I think that that would have changed so much just for my confidence as a teenager in Colombia, but also for my, I think, that hope that the future is going to be better there. What do you think your future holds? Where do you see yourself living? Where do you want to live? Whoa, that's that's a, that's a very interesting question. I think that I, I had never had a clear answer to that question. You know, I just decided to move here because I thought that was a good opportunity for me and because I knew that if I work hard and listen to the people that care about me, I could make something good happen. However, right now that I'm, you know, approaching that end of my undergraduate career, I'm just looking for, I think, kind of the same thing. Who is willing to help me reach my full potential? Who is willing to tell me that I'm wrong? You know, not, not people who care about you are not afraid to tell you that you're wrong because that's going to make you grow. So I'm just looking for that. A city that promotes, you know, cultural richness and also mentors that promote my growth. Hopefully that is here in the U.S. That's most likely what's going to happen, but, you know, this is such a big world, and I want to experience it all. <laughs> it is a big world. It's it's a big world, and then it can feel incredibly small. So it, it's it's we live in really challenging times. So you taking on something that can actually benefit people is a real contribution to our world community. Um, you know, when you go home to Colombia to see your family, how does that feel to go back? When I go back to Colombia, it feels like I go back in time. It is, it is kind of, you know, you, you leave this reality for a couple of years and your world changes so much, your life changes so much. But then you go back to Colombia or where you're from and things are kind of like the same. <laughs> so I, I, I'm very surprised. In the U.S., I've learned to live a fast-paced life. Okay, what, what am I going to do today? 
how can I take advantage of the time that I have right now? How can I be intentional with the time that I have? And then when I go back to Colombia to visit, it's kind of like, okay, it's okay. That's going to be for tomorrow. We're going to take care of that later. There's no worry about that. And I think that that not only comes from, you know, people's expectations for their lives, but also their ability, their human agency, what they can do in the country. One of the main reasons why I left was because I felt so powerless. I felt like the environment didn't favor my growth and that the leaders did not really support me as an underserved, as a kid from an underserved community, right? So that's why I left. And I think that when you go back to that, it's kind of like that powerlessness. Oh my God, I see all of my friends. You know, most of them have children right now. They're my age. So it's kind of, I wonder sometimes what would have happened if I had stayed there, you know? I'm just so glad that I had the good opportunities and and the good luck to come here. Well, I can't help but think how amazing it is that you did come here and you've had this incredible opportunity to learn and grow and now be able to contribute back wherever you live. Whether you stay in the U.S., you're going to be an amazing asset to any community you're part of. Or if you choose another country to either Colombia or somewhere else, you will bring so much knowledge and opportunity to to wherever you live. So that's a real gift. Thank you. And, and, you know, I think that the luck that I have, well, I think that there are many types of luck that people have. One is the one that we're given when we're born because we don't really choose where to be born at. But the other one is, is one that you work for. I think that making the good decisions, always trying to do best, um, be a good person, that makes sure that when the opportunities come, you're ready to take them. And when people are willing to bet on you, you're willing to, you know, deliver. So just having that gift, like you were saying, of contribute back is just because I believe that there is something bigger than myself and that is willing to, you know, to put effort in and to fight for. So what do you think you'll take away from your four years at FSU? What, what will be the thing that you'll sort of hold on to the most? From these last four years at FSU, I learned that I don't know anything. <laughs> I think that, you know, you learn so much about theory, but if you don't go out there and experience the world, that's not really useful, especially if you want to ge- generate generational change, which is what I also want. Uh, one of the takeaways that I took from FSU is very funny because right now I'm teaching a couple of classes for first-year students, and when they tell me that they graduate in four years, I feel the oldest person ever. <laughs> So it's, it's interesting. Right now, you know, there are times that I feel tired or burned out and whatnot. But then seeing these young people coming in with the fullest, more brightest ideas inspires me and motivates me to keep going. So what I learned at FSU is that it is worth to be hopeful for the future, that things are going to be better eventually, um, and that if we invest in, in our future students and in our future leaders, things are going to be okay. I'm going to take that to heart. I I very much hope that's the case. I'm counting on you all to make this world a better place. We surely need some new leadership. So counting on you, Andres. No <laughs> pressure. No I pressure. Um, any final thoughts you have? This has been a wonderful conversation, and I'm, I know that you probably came to you, your experience and your challenges to 
find a better opportunity for yourself, I'm sure contributed to your maturity. Mm-hmm. You are a very mature senior at FSU. I'm sure there are many students there that do not have the same level of maturity because they haven't had to. Mm-hmm. You, you've had to work harder to kind of find your path and be able to, to fund your path and support your emotional, social and emotional growth. So, um, you know, kudos to you. But is there any final thing you'd like to say? Yeah, I think that something that I resonate with every day is that it is okay to unlearn. I think that when it comes to the experiences we have in our past, especially the the very difficult experiences, sometimes we get stuck in that and that doesn't let us grow. So I encourage people to unlearn, to grow, to help others, and to be kind all the time. It is it's free, <laughs> you know, it doesn't cost anything. So if you can help someone out, that's the, always a good choice. You know, if you have the choice, always choose to be the good person. I think that's my last takeaway. That's terrific. It's incredible advice. Well, your mom must be very proud of you. Yeah, and, and I'm so very proud of being her son. I wouldn't be able to have the resilience to be here, the perseverance to go through the different challenges, challenging experiences that I had, but also the confidence. She gave me the confidence that is worth to believe in myself and to bet on myself. And although that's something that I struggle a bit on, I do think that I have so much to offer. And as long as I do my best, it will be okay at the end. Will she be coming here for your graduation? Yeah, so she is currently here. She's visiting me. And I'm so happy I'm eating the best food ever, (laughs) which, you know, lets me focus on my school more. And just seeing her every day, you know, just seeing the people that you love every day can go unnoticed for many people. And when I came in the U.S., that's when I isolated myself from everyone that I loved. So every time I get to see them is, is a little bit of joy and a reminder that you have to be intentional with your time and your effort and that it's worth to pay that extra effort in loving your loved ones. I'm so glad she's here. That's wonderful. I'm eating so good. <laughs> well, we're going we're gonna to wrap this up, but I want to thank you so much for coming in and sharing your journey and your story, which is just so powerful. And I hope others will hear it and realize that we can all make a difference and we can find ways to be incredibly... Uh, empowered in our lives. So kudos to you and to your mom. Thank you. My name is Andres Felipe Hilarana. I am from Bogota, Colombia, and I am a senior at Florida State University.